Pepsi. Hey. You there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> okay. Trying to find some. I'll just hold my hand. Yeah, I find that's the best way to do it with this app. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever heard of this app. Uh, it's pretty good. It's, uh, you know, their goal is to make podcasting free and accessible, which uh, could be a bad thing because not everybody's good at it. No, no, but uh, if it can cut out some of the variables, uh, then that might help some of those people. <laughs> I think so. But hey, you can't make dull people interesting. There's no app uh, for that. True. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> um, cool. Well, uh, let me do an intro and we will hop right into it. Yeah. Are you all as well for you? Outside yeah, of no, no, we're good to go. Also, okay. the, the, the only weird thing about this, ah, well, we'll save for air, but <laughs> yeah, we call that SIFs. Save yeah. it for the shoes. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so, wait, no, I shouldn't start with, ah, that's not that bad. That's bad. <laughs> that's bad pod right there. <laughs> Welcome to Destaza pod. Um, I get requests all the time to bring in guests and I just don't like anybody. So that makes it difficult, but I do like Dan Larson from Toy Galaxy. So Dan has joined us. Say hello, Dan. Hello, Dan. Dad um, there. Now, I, that's what I was, I was hoping you would do that. <laughs> um, if you don't know Toy Galaxy, just leave this hobby now. You're not have the brain power. Um, Toy Galaxy is in many ways what I had hoped Toy Pizza would have become. But I think we were just a few years too early and ultimately ended up being very, very lazy compared to what you and your um, right-hand man have been able to accomplish. So I applaud you, Dan. Thank you. That's the only time someone has ever called me not lazy. So (laughs) much appreciated. Well, we know who's really uh, carrying the weight on that program, my friend. Hey, I just, uh, I write some words and then I smile at the camera and Greg does everything else. Um, you know, I got to give it to you too, because the scripted thing is really admirable. And I, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could do as many scripted videos as you have. And you also clearly have a gift for sort of stringing together, you know, sentences and making, especially with some of the you know, the properties you're picking are not the most exciting or engaging thing. Um, you know, I, I give I give you credit in, in those points as well. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, the, the products, the products, the, the brands that we choose, you know, the different uh, toy lines or cartoon shows or, or TV shows or whatever. Um, we just we have a really, really, really long list that we've just been adding to and subtracting from, I guess, every week, uh, adding yeah. to since we started doing this. And every time somebody suggests something or we think of something or we come across something, it gets added to that list. So, uh, you know, if if you throw something out and then it turns up on the show the next week, it's not because of you, you know, it, it was on the list. <laughs> we just happened to right. get to it. Um, there are some exceptions to that. We're not going to talk about that right now. But uh, I don't actually pick the what, what we're going to do. That's all Greg. Greg chooses, you know, he sets our schedule. He, he sort of watches those numbers and what people are talking about. Yeah. Just decides what we want to do. So uh, I'm the last person to find out what we're going to be uh, actually recording. So uh, that is taken off of me. 
So I don't have to worry like, oh, we just did GI Joe. He's thinking about that stuff. Uh, so, it, right. you know, once it gets to me, then, yeah, I kind of go, OK, well, what are we talking about this week? We're talking about, you know, space cowboys. Well, which space cowboys are we talking about? And, you know, do some research, look it up, refresh my memory. Right. What's my personal experience with it? And then just try to find some kind of like, how how do I make this thing that very likely there's a lot of people who've never seen it, never heard of it. How do I make it relatable? How do I boil this thing down to something that's funny or interesting? What is it about this particular property that makes right. it different or stand out from all the rest? And then I and then I just sort of go with that. Uh, sometimes it's a funny thing, sometimes it's not. But you know, you, you just uh, try try to get to the funny. You know how it is. Yeah, it's you know it's so interesting because I'm now vividly remembering the sort of early days of Toy Pizza and being in Frederator Studios and the logic of YouTube mandated that I couldn't chase these sort of obscure things I wanted to bring light to. And I think you've done a really fantastic job of filling in that part of the mythology. But the the sort of best practices really prohibited doing anything other than kind of chasing the metadata and, and what you know, what you saw the trends being on other channels. So we could, you know, we could do Spider-Man because uh, there was a new Spider-Man film coming up. We could do, you know, video games in general worked really well. Uh, but I, I really, I had a sort of aspiration to do, you know, multi-part series on, on things like, um, you know, Bismarck and Bravestar and all of that. And it, it was just such a different environment then. I mean, people were also making money off of YouTube. So there was a little bit more incentive to kind of, um, you know, not indulge obscure sort of uh, topics. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm just rambling here. Well, but it, it's you, fascinating. I, I think you've if, made it work is my point. If, if you're following the numbers too closely, then you very quickly find yourself in a position where you've suddenly become a one brand channel, right? Like that's how people, yeah. if you're not a diehard Transformers guy and you're just paying, oh man, every time we put up Transformers, our numbers spike, then all of a sudden yeah. you're just doing Transformers. <laughs> uh, and, right. and we've, you know, tried to make a conscious effort from day one that A, you know, we, we were driving, so we were going to choose the things we actually wanted to do and talk about. We weren't going to be, you know, too much of a, uh, you know, it, defaulting to just whatever the numbers were going to say um and also wanted to make sure that we didn't get too pigeonholed into something you know uh it, it's funny how your perception of something is different from the the viewer's per perception of something you know we will get comments a lot where people are like oh you know I, I don't like what this show's become you never talk about toys anymore and it's like well <laughs> <laughs> yes we ev at least every you know one of every two three shows has is specifically about a toy line that you know we do videos about uh, stuff that doesn't have a cartoon doesn't have a video game it's just a toy line but the yeah. expectation is because you know we're toy galaxy that every single show is going to be about just toys it's like well that's not interesting i mean <laughs> you know it, it, i can count the the amount of uh, negative comments i've gotten about our lack of pizza coverage um and also several several people very disappointed that we have nothing to do with the, um, you know, the cabal of elites that drain children's blood. Mm -hmm. I don't, mm -hmm. you know, maybe if, uh, you know, if I got an invite, I don't know. You've got that look. But, You've uh, got yeah. that look, so people just assume. I know. Yes, they've also <laughs> commented on that, but you know, that's a that's a whole other Dostazapod topic. Um, the the reason you're here is because of a recent video you did, 
and a sort of multi-year obsession of mine that has culminated in in my uh, effort to bring a resurgence to the idea of a space western, which has shockingly few iterations, and none of them are particularly beloved. Um, and you know that that is sort of the trifecta of Brave Star, uh, Bismarck, and Galaxy Rangers. So you're here as hopefully another lover of all things space and uh, saddles. Bismarck? You mean Saber Rider? Oh, sorry. I must be a toy snob. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, I was trying when I was writing the Saber Rider video the other day. That just went up last week. Uh, when I was writing that, I was like, Saber Rider was definitely one that I didn't grow up with. I recognized Bismarck, uh, but I didn't really know anything about Saber Rider. Maybe it didn't hit my channels. Maybe I wasn't up. up with that. I don't. I honestly don't think it had very much, if any, penetration here in the states. Yeah, I don't think. So. I, I really don't. Yeah, and I knew of Brave Star. But I don't think I ever watched that one either. I think I knew Brave Star from the ads that were in comics, and then just yes. from seeing the toys on the shelf. There's that classic ad of Brave Star, and he's just kind of standing there. He's just leaning. Yeah, yep, yep. Dude, what is it? That is, I, I mean, that is, that was the singular piece that I pointed Erwin Papa to when he did our sort of first uh, big flash art of, um, you know, the sort of cowboy project before long before it uh, came out. Uh, that was just such an evocative moody piece and of course the the series and the toys really didn't kind of live up to the that you know the bravado that was in that uh artwork but i'm i'm glad that was a, a sort of striking memory for you as it was for me well, yeah and and like you just said that show that image is really not representative of what the show was at all <laughs> <laughs> it's garbage. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And then, I mean, like, so, so Saber Rider, no, no knowledge of it really. Brave Star knew about it, knew about the toys. And I, and I was trying to, you know, figure out why didn't I actually get any of the Brave Star toys? You know, like, was, and, and the only thing I could chalk yeah. that up to at the time was, you know, G.I. Joe had just taken over and, and everything I wanted was G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe. So get out of here with this like seven inch action figure, you know? <laughs> like, uh, are we are we the same age? Are you forty? Me, I'm a little older than that. I'm forty five. Okay. <laughs> so you, yeah, you would have been like I. I remember I got Brave Star, but he was being clearanced out. So, okay. Um, so yeah, you kind of were right time, right place. Yeah, yeah. Huh. And then Galaxy Rangers was another one where I don't ever recall that being on my television anywhere. I had no knowledge of it back then. It was one of those things that I that sort of would like pop up every once in a while, just as the internet was starting to come around, and you'd see a photo right. and I'd be like, "What is this? Is this?" And and I had no distinction between that and Saber Rider uh, up until very recently. I would not have known the difference between the two. I think that's totally fair. Um, you know. Uh, Galaxy Rangers was also a, a really, really tough one. I did manage to see a couple episodes when I was a kid, but it was like 6 a.m. Yeah. Um, their most notable uh, sort of uh, presentation for most people that I've spoken with was their Roy Rogers kids meal. Okay. Um, if you've ever frequented a Roy Rogers restaurant, my great-grandfather really liked Roy Rogers, uh, the television show, so he would take us there on the weekends. And I, the the sort of most exposure I had to it was just that kids meal box, and there was like that red clear plastic decoder 
gimmick and then a glow in the dark uh license plate you know it was all no no figural stuff unfortunately but that was uh you know a pretty um about as much saturation as as that brand got uh, the toy line i believe was almost exclusively european and it seemed to be focused largely in germany based on the secondary market at least did you did you have a roy rogers that was like local every roy rogers i've ever seen is on a highway um yes th- that is sort of the uh that is the fate of them today right they've been kind of like re- reskinned to just, just dress up <laughs> uh there there used to be yeah there was a standalone roy rogers and um because I spent so much time with my great grandparents and they were sort of depression era people, they would go ham at the free fixings bar, which was not really a, a salad bar. It was mostly to fix up your burgers, but they would load up trays full of lettuce oh, and boy. onions and pickles. And <laughs> just, you know, they couldn't be happier. Just so. keep grabbing until somebody tells you stop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, hey, they, they had to eat uh, their hats back when they were kids, you know? so they were happy for a free pickle or two. It's not free lettuce. <laughs> yeah, they're going for it. Yeah, I, Galaxy Rangers um, is, uh, is a, an interesting one. And, and, you know, all three shows are very distinct. Uh, the, you know, um, Saber Rider being the, you know, cut and re-edit version of a, you know, take take Bismarck, chop it up, make a new show out of it with new voices yeah. and new music and stuff. You know, Saber Rider, Saber Rider, Galaxy Rangers, uh, and Brave Star being more, you know, unique creations. Uh, Galaxy Rangers fallen, you know, kind of in that Bionic Six, uh, which I was definitely a fan of. Yeah, uh, they they had that sort of yeah. Bionic element to them as well. Uh, and then Brave Star just being more of that, like I don't even know what to compare Brave Star to, to but uh, you know, superheroic, uh, but also sci-fi, kind of He-Man-ish, but not as silly as He-Man. Yeah. Yeah, definitely He-Man vibe. The I, I do think Galaxy Rangers actually holds up pretty well. You know, a lot of I, I think you're very generous with the the cartoons you cover. I would say 99.9 percent of them are absolute garbage, <laughs> despite how much I love them I as kids. <laughs> there's very little good that you can glean from them seeing them with adult eyes, and I think people are just deluding themselves into thinking these are good. But I would say. That out of um, Galaxy Rangers actually, you know, I I feel like there was a little more thoughtfulness there. It was a little bit edgier, um, you know. It seemed more violent. Um, so I, I think out of the ilk of them, not really having access to like Bismarck Uncut, you know, we get it sort of chipped away with baby uh, um, baby powder to uh, you know stretch out the dollar. That's a cocaine. Reference. Oh, I would um, no. I, I don't. I don't do the hard stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I. I've never done it, but I'm looking forward to getting into it. I, I think maybe, maybe this could be the year. Um, but anyway, I lost my point completely. Space Cowboys. That's okay, uh, it's interesting because uh, when you when you talk about you know a little bit more realistic and comparing that to He Man and sort of uh, one of the approaches I remember seeing, and I was actually just looking up his name because it's just. If, if we weren't recording right now, I'd have it, but uh, because we're recording, I can't remember his name. Uh, but the guy that was actually in charge, you know, worked for Harmony Gold and did all the actual editing and stuff. You know, Robotech was sort of his baby project, you know, bringing in all that Macross and most speed. And footage. Yeah. he was the one that was really, you know, spearheading all that and doing the writing and whatever. And it's killing me that I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Anyway, he talks about the fact that 
you can take two approaches to these shows, right? You can either shoot right for the little kids and make a little kids show right. uh, and hope that they're going to sort of grow up, that that show is going to grow up with them. Or you shoot a little older and you go for the young teens and then you get the kids. Yeah. You get the younger kids because they think it's cool already because the older kids are into it. And it's like, oh, I want to do what the older kids are doing. You know, I want to watch this show that's got a little bit more going on. And so you bring them up and you actually end up with a larger audience. And and I think you can really see the difference in a show like Robotech or Brave Star or uh, Rangers yeah. versus a show like He-Man where you're just like, man, I, I'm getting the nostalgia hit, but I don't think I can watch 10 minutes of this. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's very, very interesting you point that out because actually, um, probably the reason I don't, I never got a green light to pilot any animated pitches I've done is because I, my philosophy was I always followed whatever my older brother was doing. That was the stuff I wanted. That was the stuff that I was consumed by. I had no interest in anything age appropriate. And every story I've wanted to tell has sort of, been through that heuristic and um you know the the people that i was fortunate enough to sit in front of and and make pitches to when i had aspirations of animation uh that is the absolute last thing they want to hear you know they want absolutely four quadrants you know skews young everybody loves it colorful characters x y and z it's just it, it's like the antithesis of what you know, your focus should be if you. If well, you so that's, I find that curious. Uh, first off, Carl Masek was the name I couldn't come up with two minutes ago. Uh, good thing okay. I had the internet in front of me. Um, but uh, it's it's interesting that you would say that. Uh, and we could just keep building off of each other's uh, interesting statements uh, for the rest of the show here. Sure. Um, two interesting people having an interesting conversation. Um, I would imagine your pitches have all happened in the last 10 years ish, right? Probably. I. Uh, Yes, and more specifically, uh, the nowhere in the last four years. Okay, so uh, obviously, once we get into the like the early '90s, you know, the '80s, you still had all those like you know standards and practices and stuff they had to deal with as far as like you know, He-Man can have a sword that can destroy the universe, but he can't punch anyone. You know, like. <laughs> weird stuff right or like he can't use the sword he has to punch people i think is what it was uh and you know you have to balance it out with like educational content or more moralistic you know sort of things to make sure everything's all you know cozy and whatever and that gets even harder in the 90s in the 90s i think they just sort of say like wow you know we, our hands are tied even more but as the internet comes out you start to get netflix and you start to get all these other uh, avenues of being able to deliver this content, I would imagine, and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong here, I would imagine there's more of a market for more mature storytelling. No? Uh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I purposely haven't made the rounds in recent years, but when I was doing it, it was during the boom of YouTube funding content. So there was hundreds of millions of dollars being thrown around for development. And Netflix was still, you know, uh, continuing to expand at a rapid pace and gobbling up a lot of stuff. And and it was in this period that something like uh, Castlevania was in pre-production. So there was certainly, um, there was a variety of stuff getting greenlit, but I think at the end of the day, the decision makers are still going to go for something with it as wide of an audience as possible. And I don't blame them. It's, 
they want to see return on a very sizable yeah. investment. Yeah. You're talking to failed animation pitches at Doc Thanks for tuning in, guys. Can't talk about any of our pitches because we may repitch them at some point. Also, there's a lot of NDAs. Never, yeah. never discuss um, this again is what I was told that. <laughs> hey, that's pretty clever. I like that. Never discuss this again. Um, so uh, the thing I was trying to think of today, which I actually haven't researched, and maybe you have and you can point to it. What the hell was the origin, the source of these space westerns? What what predicated? I, I mean, obviously, Star Wars was probably a factor, but why this specific mashup of two genres and three different series all within close orbit to each other? Yeah, I don't know. Um... So that's the end of this, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Next caller. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, and it's weird that they all hit it at the same time. The, the only thing I can really chalk it up to is one, what's available, right? Like, you know, World Events Productions, they're the company that did Saber Rider, which was previously called Bismarck in Japan. They also did Voltron. So they had already pulled, you know, Go Lion and Die Rugger 15 from Japan. Yeah. They've just got some guy, you know, in licensing looking at whatever's over there and going like, hey, can I buy this? Hey, can I buy this? Hey, can I buy this? You know, so that may have very well have just been like a, it was available and the buyer saw it and was like, yeah, let's try this one. That may have also been a factor of what wasn't already on TV, you know, because Brave, I think Brave Star and Saber Rider are at the same time. They're the same year. And Galaxy Rangers, I think, was the right. year before. So I'm I'm guessing it was a factor of nobody's doing western right now robot shows are hot give me a space robot show that's a western to to sort of program oh, all this other stuff I, I i wonder if it's a generational thing that like the decision makers at that time had grown up with westerns and you know the same way like spielberg sort of recycled the old movie serials for you know his films and lucas as well uh, maybe it was just like that generational turnover where they really wanted to scratch that cowboy itch that they grew up with, but they had to sort of frame it within what was selling in the market at the time, which would have been, you know, still Star Wars. Um, you know, I wonder if that's... I think we cracked the code. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's it. Uh, that's definitely part of it. it you, you know, what? for a lot of this stuff that what I've found as, as we do the these sort of historical, you know analysis of these kinds of shows and you're trying to find out the what the why and usually the simplest answer is the correct one you know <laughs> like like it was available so they bought it nobody even bothered to look to see if anybody else was actually doing anything with westerns they just they had the money and it was there so they bought it you know the others it's like yeah somebody was like hey let's do a western and the other guy was like okay <laughs> like i always want there to be some deeper thing there like you know, that inspired them. But it's usually just like two guys were sitting around and one of them was like, hey, you want to do a fishing show or a Western show? And the guy was like, wow, I think we can get more mileage out of the Western, you know? <laughs> right. Or we'll combine yeah. them. My question is, uh, going back to the creation of Bismarck in Japan, like who said cowboy cape? Who, who was like, yeah, make it a cape. That guy needs a cape. <laughs> I'm into it. I, you know, I, I hope to introduce capes to some cowboy figures I mean, in Cape, the near future. Cape is like, it's the sister of the, the poncho, right? It's right there. 
Yeah, I guess, yeah, that must be like the, the Clint Eastwood spaghetti western uh, nods. Of course. It has yeah. to be. And I mean, I know the logistics of just like trying to make a transforming robot. Like you got to put all the pieces somewhere. So, you know, when they're, when they're laying down that yeah. design schematic of how does, you know, the ship turn into the robot, you're like, well, we got all these extra panels and stuff. Yeah, make it a cape. I'll throw a cape in there. I mean, capes were, you know, I feel like I uh, just watched Deadwood recently. Capes were kind of a, a thing back then, it seems. I think we, we should bring them back. I think we need Western capes. capes. Yeah. Western capes. And then there, you could probably have a little, you know, face mask integration there. That, that'll be COVID safe. And but the, 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 the duster, fun. as we've seen, you know, Matrix... Matrix replaced the cape with the coat, right? The, so that the long coat became the new cape. Right. So traditionally in westerns, you get a lot of long coats. So I think maybe it's just a, you know, which which cycle, which which part of the cycle are we on? Are we on cape or coat? And we're on cape. Okay, put a cape on the robot. Well, I don't know. Matrix Four is coming soon. Um, the fourth part of that documentary. So we could be going back, back to, to, uh, to dusters. Right. Oh, dusters. All right, that's fine. Yeah. Because the hoodie took over for a while there too. We, we've, we're coming out of hoodie replacing cape. No, you know what? I know what it is. It is those um, uh, those sort of burlap uh, sacks you would wear when you when you played hacky sack, and guys who sold weed at concerts would be wearing one. You know what? Those, I think what are those I get the poncho. You know I don't know if it actually has, but no, those have like hoods, right? <laughs> Yeah, they had hoods. Um, they were the least comfortable garment you could possibly have. Oh, God, I know yeah, the I name just, of them. No, I, I know what you're talking about, but I have no idea. In any case, when are we going to see a Toy Galaxy action figure? You know, I do get that question. Uh, and uh, I, it's it's tough. Uh, all I'm seeing online here is hoodie poncho is what they're calling them. Hoodie poncho, hoodie poncho. Poncho sweatshirt. There's some some colloquialism or Hmm. name for Hmm. them. I I did. I had one. I was attempting to be cool, and I did buy one because my uh, deviant cousin had one, and I was like, "I'll I'll be the cool guy in my town." And um, it didn't take. Didn't work. Yeah. Didn't work out that. As far as toy galaxy action figures go, I, I. I'm never, I'm not set on what I really want to do with them. Like, what is it? You know, is it a Dan Larson action really? figure? And, eh, you know, how many people really want to buy that? I mean, I'm going to buy 500 of them, but, you know, we, I can't place an order that small. Is it, is it a Toy Galaxy themed character that's like red and white, you know, with a jetpack and a helmet? Sounds cool. Also sounds like Adam Strange. I don't know. <laughs> it's a little close. Um, right. Or is it something that's like, I've got some original characters, you know, like you, 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 a lot of, a lot of your figures have been, you know, back to the, to the young Jesse DeStasio sketchbooks, right? And you're just mine. You did the work 20 years ago, 30 years ago. You're just mining that material now. right? Uh, And I've got those same things. I've got, I mean, I have my versions of the sketchbooks uh, with just characters upon characters upon characters that, you know, I could pull from. But it's like, you you know how it is, right? Like as a content creator, you can't just like, oh, I'm just going to make a thing. You're like, well, do I need to roll this out into a multimedia package? Does this need to be a transmedia sort of presentation with a comic and a show and an animation? (laughs) It's like, so I always get like, 
30 steps into it and then I'm like, oh, I got to go do something else, you know, and it just nothing happens with it. So yeah, I want to do it. Do you know anybody that makes figures? <laughs> I can ask you around, um, but I, I, I commend you because I think I think you have you're making the correct calculation, which almost nobody who requests to make a figure makes. And that is what is like the best facing? What is the best concept or best decision? A lot of, uh, you know, the, the people I see that want to sort of, sort of uh, jumpstart something, it's their first iteration. And your first iteration is never going to be your best one. Um, you know, and I, and I think just generally as a culture, we're very impatient for these things. We, we just, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. Um, but I do think waiting till it solidifies, you know, like undeniably in your mind is, is absolutely. Well, and I think there's also, yeah, there's that fear for me of putting it out too soon. And then you blow that first, you get that, you blow that first shot, right? Like that sounds right inappropriate, but that's exactly what I meant to say. (laughs) You're like, you, you then set such a low bar and then expectations for when you get it right are going to be, you know, just, I don't know. You're not, I feel like that's detrimental to your actual success. At some point you do just got to put it out there, but you need some right. refinement, especially if you're going to go to any kind of crowdfunding sourcing or anything like that. You really need to come with mm-hmm. a, a, you know, a presentation. Yeah, I think so. You know, it, the, the original night was not the figure I wanted to make or the it figure wasn't. I wanted to start with. And it was not, it was not. Um, and it wasn't even, it was a very dramatic departure from a lot of my designs. We were working with uh, We Love Fine at the time. This was, you know, a sort of uh, co-funded crossover. And they had an artist who, who did the take on the night of the slice that ended up looking very close to what it does now. And it was so compelling. I sort of had to, to swallow my pride and be like that. This is a figure that people will buy. And I, I, I sort of feel like it's only now six years out that I'm getting to, uh, be able to make really bad decisions that I want to make, <laughs> you know, character wise. Like I've always, I've always just wanted to, to be like Chap May and just make bootleg things that sort of felt like a popular brand, but were janky and misconstrued and, you know, put through a couple different language yeah, translators. And and I feel like I'm getting there now. Yeah. I hear that. I hear that. No, that's what your stuff looks like. No. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's the highest compliment I can get. Yeah, I mean, there's, I, I totally hear that because, you know, there's a lot of people who only collect those kinds of figures, right? Like you could just as easily go out and get Darth yeah. Vader. But you don't want Darth Vader. You want the weird guy with the skull who's carrying like, you know, a six shooter, but you know came from Darth yeah. Vader. That's the, you want the other guy. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, I, I do think, um, I think that first night was the right move uh, because it did, you know, it's still a seller. People still want that sort of classic look and it, it does, um, I think it scratches an itch for people, but it, it was, I really had to fight against that urge. I wanted to do things much more uh, artsy and esoteric and, you know, more uh, representative of my sort of mind and my tastes. But the problem is 
I didn't have an audience yeah. for that. You know, I didn't have anybody that would appreciate that. I, I feel lucky enough to have that now, but um, boy, I could have tanked this yeah. thing right out. Of the <laughs> and that's that's sort of where I am coming from it as well. It, like uh, I've anytime an action figure campaign pops up on a crowdfund site or whatever, you know, I'm I'm paying attention to it. Uh, I'm following it. I want to know who who's, who's working on it. What's the pitch? What's the idea? Where, what is the goal? What is, do they have any ideas for where they're going to go after it? Is it just this one figure? Is it line? Whatever. And I, I find it interesting how many people don't have those next steps, presumably, you know, planned out at that point. Yeah. <laughs> like, and and yeah. you're not just hurting yourself; you're hurting the whole industry. Uh, you're, you're hurting everybody after you who's going to try to utilize that crowdfunding site, but. What I've learned more and more, like I, I started out before I got into Toy Galaxy and doing toy stuff. I mean, I've always been a collector, but before I got into creating content around it, uh, I was, you know, self-publishing comics. And I was definitely that person, and there's a lot of them, who said, I'm going to do everything because I can't trust anybody to do it the way I want it to be done. So I'm going to write the script. I'm going to design yeah. the characters. I'm going to pencil it. I'm going to ink it. I'm going to color it. I'm going to... I worked at a printing company to make sure that I was printing it. You know, <laughs> like, I did everything. Mm -hmm. And now I look at it and go, A, yeah. one, I don't have the time to do it all. B, I'm going to be able to move more of these as a business if I hire people who are better than me, <laughs> who, know, who know what they're yeah. doing, you know? So yeah, if I'm going to come to market with an action figure line, I'm going to say, well, am I the best person to sculpt this? No. All right, well, what's it cost to get right. the person who's actually going to be able to sculpt it well? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, it, it, it takes an army. I mean, I, I everything I th that's in front of me on this bookshelf, it's, you know, it's been absolutely a uh, huge team effort. I mean, I can't, I, I have very remedial sculpting skills. All of my skills are relatively remedial, but I think I can kind of pull something together into a bigger idea if I have any skill at all. Yeah, because you you've the the most important skill you have there is the vision, right? And and the vision is not necessarily perfectly sharp as far as what that final product is going to look like, but you know where you need to the steps you need to take to get there. And like you said, I think it's interesting that you said, you know, sort of here's where I started from, and then somebody else reworked it, and then I said, you said, uh, that's better. <laughs> Let's go with that, yeah. you know, and sort of pulled those reins on you. Because they're coming at it from a you know a little bit more experience in that, and then you know that actually making that decision allowed you to get to this point where you are now. Yeah. Also, I just thought of another funny story. Uh, the line did actually tank and and shouldn't have continued, and there was this very odd stroke of luck that happened. So the line was launched uh, with retail presence at Hastings. If you remember that store, I, we don't have them on the. East Coast. I don't know if you've ever been to one or not. Uh, I have not been to one, but I remember uh, when I was researching your stuff early on, I remember seeing that they were for sale in a physical location. Yes. So part of the reason uh, the, the Kickstarter funded, but it was way under what we actually needed to make the line. Uh, and that was sort of calculated risk I had taken. So we partnered with the Fine and we had Hastings come on board as the retail exclusive uh, you know, shop to sort of carry these. So we designed um, a couple thousand of them in dump displays with foil bags as sort of blind. And of course we were too early for the blind bag stuff. That sort of hit, you know, quite a few years later. Um, 
And that was the the sort of premise of the line and how we were able to afford to do it. Uh, it it sold terrible at the store, and we were they were sort of coming around looking for markdown money and possibly like to basically be relieved of you know all the money that they owed us for the purchase order. Um, and then uh, Hastings went out of business. They filed for bankruptcy. And Ooh, so lucky. <laughs> If they had, I mean, look, they were well within the right to come back for Markdown money, there's no question. But um, if they had done that, that would have been the end of it. You know, the Knights of the Slice would have ceased to exist after the first series. And um, from there, I did series two, which was tiny, tiny quantities, just really like limping to the next release. And, you know, uh, just kind of repeated that pattern. And, and, it, uh, boy, by the hair of its teeth, we got by. Interesting. Interesting. I didn't know any of that. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, there's a lot of stories like that in my life. Yeah. Good times. So, yeah, uh, Cowboys, uh, I know you're hitting the Cowboys. What, uh, what, what inspired you? Was it just the obsession with Saber Rider and Galaxy Rangers to come to, to bring that back around? Because you, you started doing uh, what? Like, uh, you've always had cowboy hats, right? Like, even your earliest figures came with cowboy hats, didn't they? Um, yeah, they're more of fedoras, oh, right. but yes, fedoras, I wanted fedoras, That's right. But I wanted them to have a, a sort of feel like that. Um, so the. The cowboy idea with the Knights of Slice was, started being worked on probably in year three. So a very, you know, quite early into the line. And originally it was going to be a minifigure, uh, sort of like mask scale. Um, I was very obsessed with uh, this fantastic Japanese line, which, you know, you guys might want to consider covering. Um, Ghost Bank, Metalder. I'm, I'm sure you... Uh, I know Metalder, yeah. So... The Ghost Bank series were essentially mask figures, you know, same scale, with really good sculpts and uh, weapons that actually fit in their hands. And there was also a a complementary line, same scale and everything for uh, Ninja Jirai. Uh, I always pronounce his name wrong, but Ninja. I, I, I think that's correct-ish. Yeah, the tacky stretchoid yeah, warrior. Yeah, yeah. What that yeah. was based on. Um, so this really fantastic line of these mini scale figures and they have bendable knees and everything totally worth like a deep dive into really uh, amazing toys and um so the idea was sometime after our second figure vector jump i had erwin start sculpting this mini figure and i was just like i don't know dude let's just do a space cowboy i want a space cowboy and he did there is some portion of a sculpt that's done but we we just kind of sidelined it and I was like, I, I can't introduce a new scale that has no continuity to this toy line. It's going to be a disaster. And I was right about that. Um, so this idea just kind of sit, sat for a long time. And uh, within the past couple of years, as I started to go to China uh, for production and spend time in Hong Kong, and I would always see Kit Lau of Acid Rain, and we would just, you know, hang out and have iced tea and, you know, sketch in our sketchbooks and just talk about stuff we loved and we you know we would flirted with the idea of some kind of crossover and then um boy i guess it would be almost two years ago 
Kit said, I'm going to start doing my own sort of platform. It's going to be called the Annex. And it's not quite Acid Rain. You know, it's going to be new characters and a new city and a new, you know, new sort of branding. And I want to focus on different artists and their interpretations. So what would be a thing we would do? And, you know, just that Space Cowboy kind of poked up in my mind and I showed him the early artwork and, you know, we just kind of send stuff back and forth and once kit puts his spin on a concept you're never going to do better than that <laughs> i mean you know the same way that 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 initial artist sort of took nights of the slice and made it just sing and make sense you know my meager drawings going to kit lao and him scribbling just taking a couple seconds and scribbling out something and handing it back it's just like oh yeah. shit yeah. like yeah, that's it. That's the whole fucking thing. You yeah, you know, like, yeah, that's what I was trying to do. So thanks. At least, at least you know I'm a fraud already. <laughs> yeah, um, I was like, I'll, I'll get the tab for these. Ice How about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, it just it was kind of fast forward from there. We also, myself and Matt Dowdy, who by the way is a huge fan of yours, and um, you know, he religiously watches your video. We always like text each other when one of your one of your videos for guys like us yeah, goes yeah. up, you know, it's a popular uh, point of discussion. Nice. Um, we also had separately been talking about, okay, we want to do something that could be a cowboy, but also be sort of a, a standard body that could work with a lot of different stuff. And all these things just kind of intersected at the same time. So we ended up, you know, I had the kit collaboration going on and then subsequently we were developing a body that that armor could work on but it could also be a standalone figure and that is our sort of star marshal that we've uh, recently brought to market and that are on the way to you got picked up this nice. morning by usps um and now you know there's this wonderful chapter of uh toy making where we have uh arguably two space cowboys and uh i think that's fantastic well it's you, you sort of there's archetypes, right? And I think this is sort of where those three shows were sort of born from in those, you know, conversations about licensing and what to do next and, and where do we want to go with our next sort of program. Uh, you've, you've got your archetypes, right? Your ninja, your cowboy, your, you know, uh, army guy, your, you know, thief, your, you know, whatever. And I think just, I think at that point in the 80s, it was just like, okay, cowboys, you're up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was their turn. And, and we, Dowdy and I have also talked specifically about that idea of archetypes, right? Like we're trying to build the great American toy line. And what are the what are the tropes of that? And we did Ninja, we got that taken care of. We've done Cowboy now. We have Army Guy in spades. We sort of waver on, you know, the next ones are like pirate. Yeah. yeah. It's like I don't I don't fucking know how to do a cool pirate figure. Like I that's I don't, I don't know what the formula is. Well, how do you, how do you not, you know, one, one of the toy lines that, and this is what pops into my head. And when you start talking about like the different sort of solid archetypes, you, you remember Devo's from Hasbro, the sort of the, the yes. ancestor, the descendant of uh, Stickfuzz. <laughs> Uh, Zevos yeah, yeah, was absolutely. really good at just being like archetype, 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 archetype. Yeah. You know, like it was like superhero, bam, there it is. Cowboy, bam, there it is. It's giant six shooters. You know, like I love that line for that reason. Uh, and, and yeah, yeah. So I, I can see, you know, when you go to pirate, it's like, how do you do pirate that isn't a skeleton 
you know that isn't that right, skull and crossbones yeah. flag come to life because that seems to be super seven's reaction you know they're lying the worst you know they're it's a it's a skull <laughs> it's a skeleton yeah that's the, the other thing too is i think if there's any external pressure for me it's i have to at least i don't know that i can do something better but i have to add something to the idea of it right i'm not going to do something better than brian flynn i've I've resigned myself to that a long time ago. Um, so if I can't sort of find a, a perverted angle to take that's at least a little more interesting narratively or, you know, whatever the case may be, I'm just not going to go down there. I get a lot of requests for samurai. People want me to tackle samurai next. It's like, I have no fucking idea how to iterate on that in any way that would be marginally more interesting than, you know, any of the amazing samurai toys that are already Yeah, available. yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think at a certain point it's more of a what does what does samurai look like squeezed through the lens of you know the the sort of aesthetic that you've developed, you know, and and if you don't know, then we just have to wait, I guess. I don't. Know. <laughs> and then I and I also, you know, I have I've seen Kit Lau's iPad that he draws on. He's shown me he has thousands and thousands of concepts and drawings and i i feel like glancing upon that sacred text ruined almost all these genres for me right because i i've 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 seen what his take on a samurai is i'm never gonna fucking do better yeah yeah i i totally hear that i've for the longest time you know i dreamt about being a comic book writer being a comic book artist uh and and it just it seemed so far away like i'm not good enough yet i don't have those skills i'm not gonna be able to do it and then, you know, I self-published for years and then we start Toy Galaxy and I just sort of, you know, leave the pens and pencils and stuff and the drawing behind. I still sketch here and there and, you know, I, I want to get back to it at some point. Yeah. But, the you know, the the satisfaction from creating content as far as, you know, Toy Galaxy and YouTube and all that stuff, that, that fills my heart, right? Like, I don't need the drawing anymore. Sure. But what it's also done <laughs> is allowed me to meet and communicate with and become friends with uh, very talented other artists who also just happen yeah. to be in industries that I kind of wanted to be in, whether it's toy design or comic book illustration <laughs> or movie conceptual stuff, yeah. you know? Uh, and yeah, I'm like, you know, when I start to, to think like, ah, you know what, I do want to, I do want to do an action figure, maybe a comic book or something like that. And then I'm just like, I can't do better than these people that I've been talking to. You know, they, they send me their drawings and stuff. And I'm just like, yeah. I, I just want to hire that guy. <laughs> Yeah, let's absolutely. just do make this easy. You know, here's a here's a bunch of money. Yeah, just draw something cool. Draw something I'd like. That's why that's yeah. why I like you in the first place. <laughs> do the work for me. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, I I you will have a, a figure oh, at some certainly, point. I certainly, I, yeah. I I foresee that for you. I hope you call me first because. <laughs> You know, I would love to work on it with we're you. Gonna, we're gonna we're gonna um, go. Uh, we're gonna do like uh, World Events Productions when they did Voltron. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Everybody. Everybody's gonna do one. We're gonna license it to everybody. <laughs> so I'm do it first. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're gonna be making hundreds. Easily, easily. Friend. I'm gonna spend thousands. Spend so thousands. Many, make hundreds. Tens of thousands. <laughs> yes. Um, that that is what I tell most people that ask me. You know, what's the first step to making a toy? I go take $15,000 and flush it down the toilet and you will have saved yourself $5,000. Oh, <laughs> and uh, if they keep coming back, then, you know, 
maybe maybe they got it yeah it's uh you make it you make it look so easy the good ones make it look easy that's what they say yeah yeah well uh, you have an idea and and two years later there's an action figure yeah it's it's just that easy you press a button (laughs) they get spit up um that seems like a good place to holster the uh six shooter my friend Bring, bring it into the stables there you go yeah that's a good one too um obviously people can find you on toy galaxy youtube and you have toy galaxy 2 right for your little uh misfit videos that that would uh jigger the algorithm in a yeah exactly (laughs) we 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 reckon if we chase numbers on anything it's like youtube just bashes you over the head every time you do something that's not exactly the same as the last video you did so we were like okay okay fine that's all we're gonna do on that main channel anymore every thursday five o'clock history of everything else goes on toy galaxy 2. yeah um absolutely well that would be good I, i'm trying to th- i feel compelled now to give you uh just a download of suggestions of lines you have to do a video on um applause pvc marvel figures from the 90s pre toy bays those were like the only oh yeah no, i still have, uh, I still have the thing had. captain america punisher spider-man i mean i doubt you could stretch that out in a full so. video but there are some <laughs> <laughs> fantastic and wonky oh, yeah. sculpts yeah, yeah. there for sure um yeah i guess i'll be merciful that'll be my one suggestion if uh, <laughs> if we get to that one it'll say for jesse at the beginning <laughs> yeah there we go um oh and uh people should definitely be following you on patreon toy i'm assuming patreon.com slash toy that's what it is yeah because on youtube it's slash toy galaxy tv but i think on patreon we actually got toy galaxy and then same thing on on instagram i'm toy galaxy and then and then is, this is very important if you're on twitter toy galaxy tv ah. is greg toy galaxy dan is me gotcha so if you're a a 60 uh, year old journalist in the new york city area and you still use twitter that's there where you, you can find them um, excellent. Well, uh, I think this has been really good. Thank you for your time. And we can try to say the sign off together, uh, but it rarely works. I, I need a cue. Uh, okay, we're going to go three, two, one. Pizza out. Pizza out. Oh, see. All right. It didn't Whatever. work. Okay, you're familiar. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Thanks, Thank Ed. you. Bye-bye.